Welcome to Stories I Didn't Tell Last Sunday. Hi, I'm Doug McAllister for Journey Fellowship Church, joined today by Pastor Ken Mott, and we are going to be talking about the subject, What Happens When I Die? Now, if you're watching this, you may have heard Pastor Ken's sermon from uh, last Sunday or recently, if you're watching it deeper into the future. Uh, If you didn't get to see that, I do want to encourage you to go back and watch the sermon on the Journey app. It's part four of the Ever Wonder Why series, and we answer the question, what happens when I die? Uh, So Pastor Ken, you and I recently went to the movies together, which hadn't been to the movies for a couple of years, and we went and saw a new movie called uh, The Case for Heaven. Right. Yeah. Now, uh, what's the guy's name who wrote the book? Lee Strobel. I keep forgetting his case name. Case for Christ. Yeah, because yeah. he's written like you know the case for Christ, uh, the case, uh, case for the cross, the case for resurrection. Uh, resurrection. He did a, a whole series of these books, and this one is Case for Heaven. So uh, we went and saw the movie, which was yeah. sort of like a documentary. Don't right. you think? Yeah, it was a documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and there was a whole lot of uh, uh, near death experience stories in there. Yeah. Uh, there's even a story about uh, an ex-evangelical who denied his faith, and then there was a story about an evangelist who was facing death. So it was, I laughed, I cried, I got mad. It was a very emotional movie, but the subject is so real, man. What happens when I die? You know, and one of the lines that stuck out to me more than anything was uh, when, I don't remember which character said it in the, in the movie, uh, everything in life it's just a distraction from death. Right. Yeah. Man, when he said that, it was like a ton of bricks just hit me. And I think I just tuned out for 10 minutes thinking, but that is so true. Everything we do is a distraction from death because, I mean, who wants to face it? Right. Yeah, no, I'm actually, yeah, talk, we talked about that a little bit uh, in the sermon, how everything that people do in life uh, is very motivated by their fear of death. Yeah. Uh, whether it's the physical side of death or the spiritual side, the fear yeah. after death, what happens after yeah. that? And yeah. uh, uh, philosophy, they, they've even mentioned that. Philo- uh, philosophers across the ages have talked about fear of death and yeah. wondering what happens after death being the main motiv- motivation. Some say the only motivation people have for yeah. life because as soon as we're born, Right. We're about we're getting closer and closer to death. We're which starting is crazy. to die. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and the older I get, the more I realize that, you know, yeah. you're getting closer to death, man. Yeah. Every, every day, you know, I read a survey the other day, and you know, uh, the fear of death is like always either number one or the number number two fear yeah. of every person ever surveyed. I mean, it is always on our mind, and it's one of our deepest fears. You know, yeah. is is death, and what what happens when we die, should be of concern to every person. You yeah, know? and if we ever wondered if that, because some people say, "Well, I'm not afraid of death. I don't, you know, that doesn't really matter yeah. to my life or not." But if you think about a very practical example, is right. the whole world the last three years? Yeah, that's what we have been consumed of. It and is. think about yeah. what COVID has done to our right. not just country, but our whole world. Yeah. And and what we've done to try not to die and right. try to stay alive and right. t- what what measures that we've taken to try to keep ourselves from yeah. death. Yeah, we locked down, we shut down the economy, we hid ourselves in houses, yeah, in the hope that we can somehow avoid death. Yeah. So people that say they don't give death a second ch- a second, uh, you know. Uh, thought, thought yeah. it's just not true. Yeah. We we think about it whether Literally. we want to. The whole world thinks about it. Yeah, we yeah. think about it constantly. The fear of death is you know always just below the surface. Yeah. You know, and uh, and that movie just really uh, opened you know us up to thinking about what does happen when we die. You know, and near death experiences. Let's talk a little bit about near death experiences. Let's talk about uh, the judgment seat of Christ. Do you get a second chance? After you die, there's some big questions in there. But let's start with this one: near-death experiences. You know, uh, Strobel gave, gave quite a few. You know, yeah. Do you do you believe in that? Yeah, no, definitely. I, yeah, I think there. Um, so many people in the movie. I think they had a statistic like one in ten people have had. Uh, they call them NDEs, yeah. near-death experience. Yeah. One in ten people. That's pretty fascinating. That's to think a that lot of people. Some people have, you know, faced death head on in a sense where they've their heart stopped beating and uh, yeah. But then they've had an experience beyond that after mm-hmm. their brain wave shut down and right. maybe they've seen a light. And you yeah. know, there's so many different stories. Maybe they've yeah. seen a light. Maybe they've seen a loved one. Maybe they've seen, yeah. you know, a tunnel is very common. And, he, and they give us a right. bunch of those things that are very common to those NDEs. Right. Um, and then there's some that are very. Um, 
very graphic both ways. Yeah. Good good experiences and yeah. then some that Pe- don't get talked a lot about, but they're very people go to hell. Story, yeah. And yeah. see darkness and demons. Yeah. So yeah, those are those will keep you up at night. Yeah. You know, the first time uh, I went the, when I heard the gospel for the first time, I was 15 years old, and the pastor that was preaching, I started going to his little church, in, uh, and the, one of the first Sundays I was there, he told of his near-death experience. And man, as a 15-year-old kid, I was just captured by that story. And this is, I'll give you the brief version. It's a really long story. Here's a two-minute version of it. He said, um, years before he was a believer, he was in a head-on collision and was killed in a car wreck. They brought him to the hospital, and he was laying on the stretcher outside in uh, the emergency room, uh, left there to die because he was no way they could say he was just too mangled from the car wreck. He said while he was there dying or dead, he doesn't know which, he said Jesus walked up to his stretcher wow. uh, and said to him, this is not your time. I'll come back for you another day. And he said Jesus touched him, and his heart started beating again. And the doctors uh, noticed, and they brought him into surgery, and they saved his life. And he said he still doesn't know if he was dead or dying. All he knows was he was left in the hall to die. Yeah. And Jesus walked up to him. And when he told that story, you know, it really just rocked me as a kid, man. It's like, well, there's a real Jesus, you know, right. and he comes to you when you're dead. You know, so I think maybe God does use those NDEs, you know, maybe to get our t- – I don't know why or how, but it seems it's pretty – Pretty common. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree that uh, it's very interesting. When we read in scriptures, we don't read about, I I can't recall one NDE, you know, near the the experience. Yeah. Um, Although after Lazarus was was resurrected by Jesus, I'm sure he had a very incredible story. What his story was. Later, actually, later in uh, that book or in the Gospels, when they talked about that, they said that the Pharisees and the Sadducees actually wanted to get rid of Lazarus because. His story of yeah. his death experience right. was actually bringing people to Jesus and yeah. saying there is a, you know, an which, which one of the uh, sects was it? The Pharisees or the Sadducees that did not believe in the afterlife? The Sadducees. Yeah, yeah, they didn't think there yeah. was an afterlife. Right. Yeah, yeah they just thought yeah. they were go to you're the dead. Dust. You're, you're dead, which is an odd thing for a Jewish person to believe. You think yeah. they would, you know? And Jesus told a parable, you know, the parable of Lazarus, which was a different Lazarus, right? right. Yeah. That died and went to uh, what did he go at Abraham? She, yeah, Abraham bosoms with Sheol. Yeah. He went to Sheol, to call it the grave. and then he prayed uh, that God would send somebody back to his brothers. Isn't that right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that that parable just really—I don't—was Jesus talking about a real event, or was that just a, a parable of what happened? An example of what happened? What do you think yeah. about that? Well, actually, I, I I think last year I preached on Sheol, the yeah. death uh, in the Old Testament. They called it the place of Sheol, where yeah. it was a holding place, and yeah. there was you know different. I say levels. It's kind of it's kind of obscure in the yeah. scriptures, but it does yeah. talk about. One place being a place of where Lazarus was, Abraham's bosom, a place of paradise maybe, right. um, where there was no punishment. And then the other part of Sheol being the place where the folks that would ultimately come to judgment uh, after Jesus Christ yeah. came to the earth, they would go and spend eternity in hell. And yeah. so I, in that, in that, when I studied that whole passage, most scholars don't think that was just an analogy or okay. an allegory. So they it was, think it was a real story. Yeah, that's really my thoughts true. too. I'm, yeah. I'm not a theologian, but yeah. as a as an amateur Bible student, it seems like it's a real place. He yeah, he doesn't call it a parable. Yeah. He doesn't call it a story. Yeah, he see, says, that's what I think yeah. too. Uh, but you know, Peter referred to Jesus going to preach to the spirits in prison since the days of Noah. Right, and yeah. that I know that's not a parable. Oh, but no, right. there's only two, two or three verses there. I, I wish Peter would have told us more, you know, because like that's intriguing, man. That what did so between the time of the, his death on Friday and his resurrection on Sunday, Jesus went somewhere to where the souls were in prison. Yeah, where was that? Right. No, exactly. And yeah. I, yeah. And so again, I, yeah, when I preached that last year, you, you know, you give a couple of the, you know, so not all scholars agree, not all biblical scholars agree on everything, but most of them hold to there was that holding place. Yeah. Uh, even when he talked to the uh, the thief on the cross, he said, "Today you'll be with me in paradise." Yeah. He didn't use the word heaven; he used that word paradise, meaning part of that holding place until after the resurrection. Yeah. And so. Um, and that wasn't just a uh, a sentence to placate a dying man. Oh no! Uh, Jesus was talking about a literal place his spirit would go to, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. You'll be with me in paradise. So yeah. apparently Jesus was there too. 
Right, yeah, yeah. And he loved captivity captive. And yeah, so, he and so what does that mean? That verse always makes me spin a little. Yeah. What's captivity captive? Yeah, so what we, so again, most people believe it was those souls of the folks that died pre-Christ, yeah. you know, from Adam all yeah. the way until, you know, the time of Jesus. The cross. They yeah. would go somewhere. They yeah. had to go somewhere. Now, heaven yeah. wasn't, wasn't the place they could go because obviously right. they were still trapped right. uh, pre the you know Christ on the cross, forgiving our sins and, and allowing us the way, the unbridled way to get to Christ. They were still that little bit of separation, now, going there for sure, but not there yet. And so when yeah. Christ died, he goes to that place, he brings captivity captive, those souls that are restored in that place for however long, however many years that had been. And then he brings them to yeah. heaven with him. So captivity, captive, is that a really good translation, or is there a better way to say that? Yeah, I say captive. I mean, we're still they were trapped in yeah. a sense, right? It, it's yeah. not that they were you know, yeah. being punished or but harmed. But Jesus let them out of that. Yeah, but they brought them from that holding place yeah. to yeah. Did he to preach the, the gospel the while he was there, you think? Well, that's what they... That, yeah, so who would they preach the gospel to? Of, of course, those that were looking towards the cross. And this is always very kind of hard to understand. Yeah. Because of where our position in time is, and because we're so linear, because yeah. we have a beginning, right. um, you know, and obviously we're gonna live forever from that point. But we're on a timeline. We look back and have faith back yeah. towards what Christ did. Yeah. Before that, Abraham, David, all those had to have faith in what God was going to do. Yeah. So they had faith looking forward, where we yeah. have faith looking backwards. Yeah. And so at one level, yeah, all those folks had faith. And they were looking forward to that day when God would make the way. They didn't really, I don't, you know, yeah. Isaiah prophesied about it. We see all those prophecies in the Old yeah. Testament, Micah, all those yeah. of, of a coming Messiah. Right. They were looking forward, believing it the right. way we look back at it and yeah. believe it. Yeah, so it's, you're right. I think the linear view changes everything. You know, of course, God sees everything from beginning to end. So that if we can see it from God's perspective, I think it helps us. But, you know, there are several Greek words uh, in the New Testament that Jesus and the apostles use about the afterlife, uh, and they're, most of them are translated as grave or hell. Right. You know, they're Sheol, but right. there's also Gehenna. Gehenna, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so what's the difference, you think? Well, again, is that, that place in the new t- in Jerusalem that was a dump at yeah. one level. Yeah, so um, it's outside the city walls. It was outside the city walls. It yeah. was a dump, and most people, most scholars for many years just thought it was just a, a trash pile. Yeah. But Late, lately, in the more esca, you know, as they've excavated things and saw things, they found out that they were actually doing child sacrifices there too. Yeah. It was a place of right. real evil. There were yeah. really evil things going right. on. Yeah. And when God talks about the afterlife, hell being like Gehenna, you yeah. know, this place that is just yeah. the worst. Yeah. Um, he's talking about a place where some people will go to. Yeah. So obviously. here's the million dollar question: Is there a real hell? Yeah. 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 I. I so how do you answer the question? It's well, crazily, Jesus talks about hell than any more than any other figure in yeah. the in the Bible. He talks about it. I say continually, over and over again. He, he mentions hell, and he uses Gehenna, which probably at the time was still smoking outside right. the wall. Yeah, yeah. He probably just pointed at it. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. Gehenna, and. You know, the King James called it hell, and it's kind of gotten deep into our, you know, our DNA as theologians and preachers. You right. know, so so Jesus was talking about a real place, not that Gehenna, but an eternal Gehenna. Right. You know, where the fire is never quenched and the yeah. worm never dies. Which I not sure what the worm is. is that the soul. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you get like, oh, I don't know what Jesus meant by that. You know, but he said it. The soul never, or the worm never dies, and the fire is never quenched. That's a long time, man. Right. You know. Yeah, and I think it's very allegorical. You know, yeah. so we, we think about the terms that the Bible writers would use at that time so people could understand. And yeah. so you think about the flames of hell and all these different, you know, no light and all those things. But then you try to you try to reconcile them rationally, like, well, we understand that fire produces light, so how can it be totally... I don't know if Jesus was necessarily meaning flames, because we know what flames will do to our physical body. It'll right. hurt us like crazy. Right. Would a natural flame hurt a spiritual body? We don't. It we doesn't don't, seem to. It doesn't I mean, seem to. Yeah. So I think a lot of it is allegorical, but Jesus described it in terms where the people would really understand this is not a place you want to go. Yeah. And I think at, at one level he used the word he uses the word torment. Yeah. And if you think that about that, that's the inner turmoil that is yeah. going to be that we inflict upon ourselves. Right. Because I think a lot of times we're afraid that we're going to be, have something inflicted upon us, but I don't know if that will be the worst part of hell. I yeah. think it may be the inner turmoil. Yeah, we go that. I, I I see what you're saying. You know, I didn't even cut you off. No, no, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. That, I think it's that inner turmoil that we will have to deal with 
throughout eternity. Yeah. Which is, which right. is incredible. And that brought me to this thought. That's why I was jumping uh, to the next thought is when John talked about it in Revelations, he called it the second death. Yeah. So is hell, is the second death, is that the same event? I, I, I'm assuming it is. It yeah. seems to right. reason if you're using the, uh, you know, the rules of um, Bible you know, right. interpretation, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it seems that that would be the normal you know, train of thought that second death is hell. But John called it the second death, which is being separated from God's presence. Exactly. Because we always think death is just what happens to us in the natural. Yeah. And there is that first. It's just like when Jesus taught in John 3, when Jesus talked about uh, telling the the uh, Pharisee you must be born again. He's, he says well, you got to be born of the water and the spirit. Like you can't be born yeah. twice. Yeah, he's saying no, no. You have to stay at a different level. That's a great point. There's a yeah. second birth, right? And now there's a second death, and the yeah. first death is yeah. what we are going to do physically, and the second yeah. death is that spiritual where we are completely, you know, eliminated from God's presence for eternity. So who's going to experience second death according to what you understand from Scripture? Yeah, for all those that do not choose Christ, that wow. do not yield their life, you know, forgiveness of sins, asking that, who aren't born again yeah. at the second birth. So if you're born twice, you only die once. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. All right, that is a load, bro. It just yeah. And you think of the the consequences of rejecting Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, in our culture, we're just so afraid... Um, we're just so afraid to talk about hell. Remember, yeah. so you know the big knock on church as well that all you ever get was fire and brimstone. Talk about hell. And, and I would say for a, a couple of generations, yeah. you heard those sermons. You, you know, did. you know, I, I grew up on them, man. Yeah, exactly. I was scared every Sunday. <laughs> yeah, the Second Great Awakening with uh, Jonathan Edwards. Uh, you know, sinners in the, in the hand of an yeah. angry God. Yeah. We all had to read that Bible college. Yeah, man. exactly. And that was a very. Yeah. I mean, he taught, he described what he thought hell would be like, yeah. and and it was and it terrified people. Yeah. You know, and we're not trying to. You can't scare somebody into heaven right. or scare them from hell. Um, right. But when you lay out exactly what the Bible says, yeah. there's a there's a real mention of yeah. these things that could happen. And yeah. for our culture, that we don't like those things to think about those things. Yeah. We don't. It's hard to you know. It's hard yeah. to preach to a culture that, first of all, will reject everything you say, mostly because it's coming from a Bible that they right. don't believe. But then when you tell them some of the hard parts of the Bible, right, the parts where it doesn't make you f- give you the warm fuzzies inside, yeah, it's, it's hard for people. Isn't to Isn't it interesting that. that our culture is so righteous that they feel equipped to judge God? Yeah. Well, yeah. God's wrong. Like, right. wow. Yeah. How yeah. did you get so righteous? What if we judge each other? They yeah. immediately jump up and say, "Don't judge me." Yeah. And yet they, you know, yeah. it's just the well, craziness it, of our society. Like the one, one of the guys in the movie um, um, "Case for Heaven," the ex-evangelical that left the faith. His point was, well, if the Bible describes that's how God is, then that's not a loving God, and I'm not going to follow Him. Yeah. And just the sheer arrogance of this. You know, young man, to think that he's moral, more moral than God, that he can pass judgment on God. Yeah, you know, it's just mind-boggling. Yeah, it is. That, that he sat at his table in his, you know, in his the comfort of this world, given all the, you know, the um, the benefits, growing up in a Christian home and dad that loved him and provided him a career. Now he's waxed so smart that he's decided that God's not worthy of his love. Yeah. Wow. I think one of the hardest questions in Scripture is how to deal with the questions of pain, suffering, yeah. you know, judgment, those type of things. Yeah. Uh, and yet, and and then when we come to those questions, we usually come from just our own very limited perspective. And yeah. even as we listen to that young man yeah. talk about his perspective, I kept thinking, "That's your so limited perspective, oh, man. So small. Yeah. We we think that God could never judge. God could never." Yeah. D- when we when we fail to realize that there is a holy God in heaven yeah. that is so much is so great and so much greater than us, to think that He would be a just God and and do cosmic justice yeah. and and you know eternal judgment right. upon those that would reject Him or and I think that's the that's one of the biggest misconceptions is we think God sends people to hell and He just does not do that. Yeah. And I think people have maybe it's a bad preaching. I, I I don't know. Yeah. Uh, people come from the perspective that God is damning people to hell. 
He's not really damning them to hell. He's saying that you've wanted to live without me for this whole time, and now I'm going to give you what you want. Yeah. You will you will not live with me for eternity. Right. And we think he's sending them, and they're like, no, I'm just giving you what you wanted. You asked for this. Yeah, they, they, and they really do. You've rejected me. Yeah. You know, the New York Times before Easter wrote an op-ed. Uh, you can go read it. It's still published on their uh, website. Uh, they basically are calling for the death of God. Yeah. They're saying if the God of the Bible is like the Bible describes him, we should all agree that he needs to die. I thought, wow, the arrogance of this culture that we have decided. I mean, this is a culture that um, not only supports but encourages the death of unborn children that celebrates, you uh, you know, the destruction of human life has now felt the moral superiority that the God of the Bible is not worth, you know, uh, even existing. You know, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just mind-boggling. Right. And, uh, and, they, and they, yeah, and so they don't want to, they want to throw that God away, and yeah. yet they want to do what they want to do. They yeah. just want to live in their disobedience, their yeah. rebellion, their sin, or whatever, yeah. and not find any judgment. But yeah. a loving God is just, you know, right. he is just. You wouldn't want... a, a you wouldn't want an eternity with where people that didn't want to be with God there. Yeah. You, you know, you think. Yeah. You, you think, okay, if they didn't want to be with God and He gives them what they wanted, and they it would be it would be more torment for God to say, nope, you didn't want to live without me, you didn't want anything to do with you, wanted you wanted my death. Yeah. So here you have to stay with me for eternity. That yeah. would be that would right. be a cruel God. Yeah. You're you're with me now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Now you're just gonna have to deal with it right. and suck it up. Love and, me now. Yeah. Exactly. He's okay, you don't want to love me. You don't have yeah. to. Yeah. And so I think yeah. our perspective is so yeah. wrong at so many different levels. Yeah. Because and and again, it's our very cultural and I say cultural, but it's very it's very ingrained in all of us. We all just want our comfort. Yeah. We all just want what we want. Right. And we want to, uh, you know, we want what's good for us, even opposed to what may be good for the rest of those around us. Well, you know, Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, that's how it's going to be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. So Noah preached. While he was building the ark, he preached 100 plus years, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anybody that wants to get on the boat is welcome to get on the boat. Right. And no one got on the boat except for his wife, his three sons, and their wives, right? Yeah. So eight people were saved from hell from the flood but anybody could have but when the door was closed yeah it was done right. and everybody perished yeah the whole world perished now god in his grace like we talked about earlier jesus when he came did go back to those souls right and preached forgiveness right so you know even then god gave them a chance to hear the gospel right but will there be a second chance for people who die today who have heard the gospel? What do you think? Yeah. No. The Bible's very clear. The Bible says it's appointed to man unto man once to die. Yeah. That that natural death. Yeah. And then judgment. So we now are responsible because we know right. from the past, we know the perspective that the gospel has been preached. Jesus paid for our sin. And we have an opportunity in this life right. to accept Christ. And if we don't, then when we die, we have to stand before God. And be judged on our right. decisions. So basically, all of the you know the, the dates on the tombstone. You have the beginning and the ending, and you know yeah. on every tombstone there's that, yeah. and there's that dash in the middle. Yeah. Basically, that dash, that length of time, whatever it is, yeah, comes down to you answering one question. Yeah. What are you going to do with Christ? Yeah. What do we do with Christ? And based upon that question only, yeah, your eternity is set, which yeah. is interesting. So, that is, man, that is. You know, it just racks me a little bit that the, your whole life comes down to this dash. Right, yeah. Literally. And then the one central question is, what did you do with the claims of Christ? man? because we'll stand before God and give an account for that, and we'll be saved or not according right. to our faith. And yeah. that that's a huge, huge uh, stumbling block for most people. Oh, it's just, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, it is. And how yeah, dare I'm God fine. make me make a decision, yeah. you know? But yet your whole eternity rests on it. You know, so um, there are a couple of judgment seats mentioned in the Bible. You know, the judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne judgment. As a, as a, uh, as a pastor, tell me about what happens after we die. Do we go straight to the judgment seat or is this for a later time? Yeah, so I think at one point judgment is happening in stages, okay. right? So there's a judgment already proclaimed upon this earth that we are all sinners. Yeah. 
separated from God because of that sin. Right. Um, then, because of Christ, we can find salvation uh, through what Jesus Christ has done, asking for forgiveness, returning towards Him. Uh, then there's a judgment that's made, yeah. that we are now declared righteous. Yeah. So we're judged to be righteous. Not our own righteousness. We didn't all of a right. sudden become good, right. we're not, you know, sanctified, all those things. Uh, we're still sinners um, at one point. Um, but because of Christ, His righteousness is placed upon us. So at one point, then we're judged that we now get to enter into heaven. Then after that, there will be another judgment. Yeah. Um, after great white throne, right, and okay. that will be the judgment for all of those. Um, yeah, for all of us. For a Christian, it's different than for the non-Christian. Yeah, for the Christian, it's will be judged according to our works, and will be given rewards for that. We're right. going to make heaven already, right? Um, but then we, our works are judged, and we. we the Bible just talks about there's being rewards for the yeah. things that we've done, right? But at that second throne, yeah, that, at that great throne judgment, then that becomes very and that's precarious. where that's where they'll hear, "Depart from me, I never knew you." Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, just, and then you'd be cast into hell. Right, the lake of fire, the Bible says, along which is, with you the, know, devil the, and, the second death, Yeah, yeah along exactly. with the devil and the false prophet uh, and, and the beast. Yeah. Yeah, man, that's hardcore. That's so it's hardcore. coming for all of us. That's, yeah, that's hardcore, <laughs> man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you would think that um, as much as the fear of the natural death motivates us in what we do right. uh, on this side of the earth, how much more should our motivation be doing God's work, considering there will be a final judgment, uh, yeah. the second judgment? Yeah. So I think you know, at one level, we can allow that first death to motivate us, and in, in the movie, The Case for Heaven, um, uh, Lee Strobel and, and a couple other folks talk about all the things that people do to distract yeah. themselves. They try to yeah. live eternally through, right. you know, however, however means they try to. We you know we're trying to find the cures for all cancers. Yeah. We're trying to find the cure for all diseases. We're trying to. You know, keep our bodies healthy. You know, it's yeah. constant. You know, we're t- saying that what seventy is the new fifty, or fifty yeah. is the new, you know, whatever. Yeah. However, it works. Yeah. we're we're just try- we're trying to prolong prolong life. We're trying to outlive uh, our natural lives through our kids. You know, yeah. through fame, through just so many things. Yeah. And in the end, we all still die. Yeah. I, I was uh, he he mentioned it in the book, and I think he mentioned it in the movie. Uh, the case for heaven that Ted Williams, the baseball player, the great yeah. baseball player, yeah, he actually is frozen. He's yeah. one of those folks that cryonically frozen. Right. Larry King, the yeah. he was he's going to be cryonically frozen. Is also. it Disney Frozen? No, that's that's a that's, myth. But that's yeah. a myth. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was right, a myth. He's actually, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he's actually buried there. Yeah. Um, but people do want to live on, and they're trying to find ways for yeah. them to live on. And hopefully, yeah. you know, being frozen someday, they can find the cure for it. You know, age, yeah, and they can live on. Well, you know, there's a there's a street, or now it's a major boulevard in Boston that goes from the airport to downtown, and it's called Ted Williams Boulevard. So, yeah, yeah, he's achieved immortality, but it's just a street sign, right? Yeah, exactly. So, when you get down to it, everything we do is just basically a street sign, man. None of it matters, right? Exactly. Yeah, if we cured all cancer in the world, how long? Would our lifespan become then? Yeah, so, so the average lifespan would be increased by two point two years. So all right, so yeah. if we cured all cancer, you'd have two more years. Yeah, the average person would live maybe. But you know what? Because of COVID, they said our life expectancy has been decreased by two years. So, so now we're back to. So we're even again. If we if we find the cure for all cancer, yeah, yeah exactly. So these ideas, I, and and we want to find the cure for cancer. Yeah, and, you know, absolutely. It's just for every yeah. disease. If we yeah. can, I mean, obviously, we want to do that. But even if you cured all disease, yeah. we're still going to we're die. still going to die. Yeah, if it was to be a hundred, yeah, or hundred fifty, right, you're going to die. Yeah, you know, and you know. Uh, the, the, you know the guy that uh, invented the uh, the Apple computer. Oh, I forgot his name already. Oh, um, Bill Gates. No, no, not oh, Bill Gates. Oh, yeah, the other guy. What's, um, what's his name? <laughs> Kate. What's Steve his Jobs. name? Kate. Steve Jobs. Yeah, Steve yeah. Jobs. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, so Steve Jobs was one of the richest men in the world, one yeah. of the smartest men in the world. Yeah. You know, and he died what in his forties from cancer. He even went down to Mexico and did all kind of alternative medicines and all kind of stuff. Still died. Yeah. So even when you're the smartest, richest, most powerful man in the world, you're going to yeah. die. Yeah. Much less when you're weak and poor and unknown, you're going to die. It, you know, death is the great, you know, uh, leveling field. Everybody yeah. is the same. We're all going to die, you know. And then what happens after that is the main question, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's yeah. that's the question that all of us have to be faced with. And again, it's... We, a lot of times, our trying to deal with death is just trying to push it out of our minds, just yeah. trying to distract ourselves. We spend yeah. 
billions of dollars yeah. in the entertainment field and right. industry to just yeah. figure out what right. can we do to distract ourselves. You just want to laugh. For, yeah, exactly. What's Pick up a laugh? watch yeah. a new TikTok video. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Eat, drink, and be merry. That's it. Tomorrow, tomorrow we die. That's yeah, what Solomon said. Exactly. One of the richest men, most powerful men in the world. Eat, drink, yeah. and be merry for tomorrow we die. So um, as we're um, you know exploring this this topic, you know, um, what about loved ones that have died? before us that are already gone is are, are are they with jesus are they dead what what does the bible tell us about that yeah i think the bible is pretty clear depending on the relationship with christ okay they've already kind of met their judgment okay. or they're waiting on yeah. final judgment so when you so. die do you go straight to heaven yeah, to, yeah well or, yeah either to yeah well the bible says to be absent in body is to be present with the lord you know so paul said that so yeah. he's saying from the time that he's writing, yeah. you know, after Christ is, yeah. yeah, we get to be with God. If, yeah. if, and he's talking to believers, so yeah, gotta, exactly, yeah, give that. Uh, so he's talking to believers. Um, so yeah, so they would be with Christ. They yeah. would be there. Yeah, uh, they're not in a holding pattern, right? Um, you know, there's different doctrines from different um, churches and different things. You know, some people believe there may be a purgatory, but the Bible doesn't speak to it. All those things, right? All's pretty clear. No, we are going. You're yeah. well, as soon as you die, you're there with so God. So when your spirit leaves separated. your body, it goes back to the presence of God. Right. But your body stays on the earth. Right. Yeah. So nice. explain to me how that process happens. Your body is buried. Your spirit was, is with God. And then what happens when Jesus comes back? What's yeah? The so when Jesus comes back, it says that we will receive a new body. Okay. Right? So uh, that's a big question: is what's that going to look like, yeah. or what's that going to be like? Right. Now, if we were to use Jesus as the example, yeah. you know, after Which the resurrection, should. right? Yeah. He was able to, I don't know, do things that were obviously yeah. supernatural. Yeah. Appear inside of rooms, passing mm-hmm. through door, locked Walk doors, through a wall, right, yeah. or through a door. Yeah. 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 Locked doors, locked or different. Yeah. Or and all of his wounds were healed because Thomas touched his scar, the scar. Right. So. Yeah. Three days old, you wouldn't have a scar. You still have an open wound, yeah. and his body was transformed. Right. He was in a you know um, a complete state. Yeah. But he did tell Mary, "Don't touch me." Yeah, yeah, hadn't descended. Haven't descended to the Father. Haven't been glorified yet. So obviously, there's another process, even there. Yeah. Well, that may have been just because yeah he hasn't presented himself to God, to God yet to finish uh, the sacrifice. Right, to, okay. Yeah, it was his completion of time here. Yeah. Uh, at one level to finish his time, but it, but regardless. Trying to figure out what that new body is like, it, yeah. it's it's going to be really hard. You know yeah. how you know we look at our lives and we we see we only see in one little perspective and one little dimension. What will the next dimension yeah. look like? Um, that's hard to describe. You know right. what would how could you tell a you know a, a caterpillar what a butterfly was going to be or right. that he was going to until he went through it? Right. You could never really know exactly yeah. the huge change. And I think about you know the the body of Christ because he comes back. And he's resurrected, and there's two guys on the you know on the road uh, to Emmaus, right. and all of a sudden he's walking, and they can't recognize him. Right, they didn't recognize him. And yet, when uh, Jesus talks to Thomas, he says, "Here, put your hand in my you know right. put your, put your hands in my sky." So there's so there seems to be this ability not, not to change forms. I don't think. Yeah. I, I mean, I, but there is this. There's going to be a different body that yeah. is completely different than right. what we are inhabiting. And will now. that body be eternal? Yeah, that so, is what the Bible says. Yeah. So on eternal. the resurrection morning, when Jesus comes after the church. And all of the dead believers come out of their graves, wherever they may be. They will be given a brand new body. And will their spirit then be rejoined in that body? Yeah. Is that how this works? Right, exactly. All right, yeah. so well, that moment in the twinkling of an eye, which is a, you know, a hundredth of a second or whatever the right. time frame there is, you're, you're changed. You're given a new eternal body, and you're living forever, and you will thus be ever with the Lord. Yeah, yeah. And you think about some of those other... Descriptions of what that eternal body may look like, and I don't know if it's just um, Christ, but you think about what happens when uh, on the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus yeah. was the disciples, yeah, and all of a sudden Jesus, uh, you know, he became brighter, you know, than yeah. the sun, type of an idea. And he was with Moses and right. Elijah, right? Exactly. They, was that really them, or was that just a vision? Oh well, yeah, I think it, no, I, it, it was literally really, them. Yeah, they believed it was them, and yeah. Jesus talked to them, yeah, and he, yeah, he would have discounted them if, you, you know, yeah, what I'm that's what so, I thought, and yeah. which is interesting because they were there and uh, also glor our renewed but I don't you know how yeah. that worked exactly yeah. but they were there. Right. Yeah. yeah. And they were yeah. So again there's you know there's God showing that A, this world is not our final place. And then mm-hmm. B, there's something that we can look forward to yeah. and hope for and expect yeah. Yeah. that we will be with God yeah. in yeah. eternity. Yeah. Yeah. So our our loved ones who are gone on and some people, credible people that I love and trust have told me that they've seen their loved ones after death. 
you yeah. know, either in the vision or walk in a room. I, I don't know what to make of that. What's the Bible say about that? Yeah. Well, so the Bible is silent on a lot of those type of things. Yeah. Although we see biblical precedent that, you know, the, sometimes different people have seen, I don't know if, whether it's spirits or those type yeah. of things. You've, you know, in the Old Testament, we saw, you know, um, Saul wanting to call up Samuel. Right. And, you know, and, and Samuel talking to him, you know, at different things. You just don't know. I, yeah. I don't know if we can count on anything like, God, you have to show me this or do something right. in this way. But I think those things happen at different times, yeah. um, especially those NDEs, those near-death experiences. One yeah. of the very common things is yeah. for people to see past yeah. relatives or yeah. talk to. I mean, there was one story where um, uh, the, a man died, and he began to talk to a little girl. And she said that he was his sister. Yeah. And then when he, when he came back... He talked to his parents saying, I saw a little girl. She said, which is my sister. And they said, yeah, we never told you that we had a daughter first, and she passed away. And it was such a, you know, a, just a hard... Yeah, that gives me cold tale. chills. Yeah. That they, they said, we just we didn't want to burden you with it. We yeah. just kind of held it. Yeah. But you do have a little sister. And so... In heaven. Yeah. And so was, there's just those unique experiences right. that, right. you know... Now, some people are going to discard all those. There's always sure. going to be the skeptic. Right. But when it happens consistently, the question is, what if just one of them is true? Right. Yeah, if just one NDE yeah. is true. Right. And I think there's right. probably, you know, we, and who are you going to believe? You, right. you know, sometimes it's yeah. just our inability to believe right. and to trust. Right. If I had to guess, Lazarus would be the most notable, yeah. you know, because he died and after four days comes back. Right. So, um, Which was he, interesting. He, right. Dead four days. Yeah. yeah. And then Jesus obviously has to be the supreme because he yeah. was, the Bible says that he appeared to Many people, Paul mm-hmm. said, five hundred at, at one time. One time. Yeah. yeah, and so sometimes right. we just don't want to believe. And yeah, you, you can't do anything with folks that are just not right. Believe. And of course, our rule as pastors, we always go with the written word of God, and we never want to add to or take away from God. So God's word is our final rule of faith. Right. But we do know we have personal experiences that we have to just sometimes just put on the shelf and say, "Well, if it's God, it's God." I, d- I don't know. You know, yeah. my personal story: my dad was passing, and he was in the hospital on uh, life support, and he was able to communicate with us. Uh, and he told me, um, you know, um, when he was uh, almost ready to go, that he could see my mom. Yeah. You know, and it was a moment, man. And, and I said, Dad, she's in the room right now. He said, I, he pointed to where she, where she was standing. I don't know if he was having a vision or if he was just, it was imagination or if he, if he saw a portal into heaven. I don't know. Right. And there's really no biblical answer other than in that moment, I knew. And then he told me he saw Jesus and Jesus was calling him home. Yeah. And when they unplugged his life support, he, he died immediately. So I don't know, maybe the doctors were just keeping him there artificially. Maybe Jesus was standing in the room. They yeah. were holding Jesus up, apparently, you know. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I do know it, to him it was real, and he could see it, you know, whether it was his imagination or if it was a real view into the other side. Only God knows. But, yeah. you know, it was a legit experience that my dad had when he was, you know, passing away. Yeah. You oh, know? yeah. And I, I don't see too many reasons – Again, like you said, let's let's take all those things and weigh them uh, in the light of God's word. But there's there's no reason not to believe some of these, yeah. right? right? I, yeah. and, and you know they they don't make or break my faith. No, um, and, and maybe that's where we should we, you know you, you want to kind of take this is hey while you are living you have the opportunity yeah to find out for yourself if God is real He yeah. will introduce Himself yeah right through Jesus Christ yeah that's the thing I think uh, so many of us. Uh, if we want to be fixated on any one thing, because a lot of folks are just so afraid. To, I don't know if they're afraid of the afterlife. I think they're. I think they are, but I think at one level they're more afraid of the process of dying than they yeah. are of anything else. Yeah. And if and instead of maybe being so fixated on that, why not be fixated on trying to find the God of Heaven? Yeah. And you know, and taking care of that business, because in my opinion, if you take care of that business, He will help you in all these other. Yeah. You know, these other ways of. Let's talk a little bit life. about that. Tell me, what is heaven like? So once we're judged and we're in eternity with God, so what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> who knows? At one level, I'm hoping saying, who you knows? did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wish I did. Yeah. I think you know. I think heaven will be a place of discovery. You know, if you think about an infinite God that has has been, you know, who is infinite, no beginning, no end, and He has created worlds and worlds and worlds. Yeah. How deep can you go in discovering yeah. the bigness of God? Yeah. And, and I think there's probably going to be purpose for our lives. Yeah. We know on this side, in our lives, that's what most people are seeking. They're seeking yeah. a purpose for yeah. their life, Why an answer for their life. Yeah. And, and I think when we get to heaven, 
we will receive all that, and I'm sure more, than we've ever really realized. Yeah. We'll have a purpose that God, our work, something that God has us for us to do, but then we'll spend eternity discovering who God is and yeah. how vast God is. So right before Jesus was arrested and crucified in John, he told the disciples, I'm going to prepare a place for you right. so that where I am, you can be also. So this is a literal place. Heaven is at a literal place. Right. I think John called it New Jerusalem. You know, yeah. he saw New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. There was a new heaven and a new earth right. and a new Jerusalem. And that was, in John's description, the new a place that we're gonna we're gonna be. So is Jesus literally creating a new, yeah. uh, a new Jerusalem? Well, I think he said he's going to roll up this world. Yeah. At one level, kind of like a scroll, and right. discard it, and then create new heavens and new earth. Right. And I and again, how will that look? You know, until we get there, we don't really know. Yeah. But again, it gives us a hope. It gives us an understanding that right. after this life, the next life to come is yeah. going to be. Yeah, you know, completely. I say different. It'll be yeah. similar in some yeah. ways. You know, I think we're going to have still have relationships with all the people that we we're going to know who our sons and daughters and grandkids are and yeah. spouse and all those type of things. Uh, for those who've been married one more than once, that may be interesting. Right. But uh, but yeah. we're going to know interesting. The, huh? yeah, we're yeah. going to know all these different things right. about each other and still have relationships. Uh, but those relationships will change, yeah. right? They'll yeah. they'll be complete now, yeah, uh, in a different way. Because in heaven, there's natural. neither marrying nor given in marriage, right? You know, exactly. n- neither male nor female, sons or daughters. So, so yeah, we're so, genderless, yeah. But we still know each other, and we see our right. memories from Earth. You think we'll still remember our life here? Oh yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, but we'll live forever. And I, I'm like you. It just makes reasonable sense to me that when we get there. We'll be given a purpose for being there. We won't just stand around playing the harp and singing songs, but right. we'll have a, a place of responsibility, it would, yeah. it would seem. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of people, they say, well, if heaven is just a place where all you're going to do is lift your hands up and you know worship God, that seems kind of boring. I'm like, yeah, well, then you just don't understand. You yeah. don't understand. the ma- First of all, you don't understand the majesty of God because yeah. there are angels the Bible talks about that do nothing but that. Day and night. Yeah, day and night. Yeah. You know, uh, Describe the glory of God, um, but you know, God has always shown us in, in, in through Jesus Christ in His relationship with us that He does want that, just that a relationship, yeah. and that relationship is two way. It's yeah. it's it's Him ministering to us. It's it's us ministering to Him. It's it's Him. You know, you think about Adam in the garden when when everything was still perfect. He still had a mission. Well, yeah. although God had supplied everything, right. he still had things he wanted Adam to do because yeah. he wanted Adam to know right. that he had purpose. And you know, yeah. and because if I have no purpose in a relationship, then do I really even have a relationship? Yeah, I, 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 it's very yeah. minimal. If so, what is life without a purpose? Yeah. So, uh, what is eternal life? Right. Without, without a purpose. Yeah. You so. know, and eternity is how long? Forever. Yeah. That's a long time, man. Yeah. I can't even get my mind around what forever is going to be like. Yeah. It's going to be forever. And forever, yeah. and then on. So obviously, our purposes are going to be forever, you know, because you know John said he wiped away all tears, no more pain, no more suffering, no more death. Yeah, I mean it's a, it's paradise, it's perfect, right, in every way. But we have the ability to to under. I say we have the ability to look forward and say, I don't, I may not know what it is, but I know it's there. Yeah, the, you know, the, the Bible says that He has put eternity in our hearts. Yeah, and that's that scripture that tells us. Yeah, yeah, yeah that says that. Even though we are finite, we have yeah. we had a beginning. Yeah, um, he still has put that desire in us to know for eternity, to to live yeah. through eternity. You know, to yeah. from this point on right. to be there with him. And so, yeah, yeah. So there's got to be something. In it's there. no small thing, too, like you just said, to uh, understand the majesty of the Creator. Yeah. He's eternal. You know, he is forever and ever. He's he's from everlasting and to everlasting. So maybe our days could be filled with just the glory of his magnificence. Right. That may become part of our purpose too. And I can I can't understand it, but I can understand it. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just it's it's just so great. You know, and then that we're going to uh, be part of you know his kingdom with direct access to yeah. you know to the Almighty. It's just you know mind boggling. Yeah, you know, and it does. It becomes very mind. Yeah, you know what? What did Paul say? I has not seen nor yeah. ear heard, yeah. neither has it entered into the heart of man the things God has prepared. That may do the. That may become the best description of all. We can't imagine what it's going to be like, right. you know. Yeah. But God begins to give us a glimpse, you know, of what eternity is going to be like in, in His presence. All I don't know is 
Pastor Ken, I don't want to miss that. Oh, right. Exactly. I don't want to miss whatever yeah. God has, has prepared, yeah. you know. And the great thing is we don't have, you don't have to miss it from this point on, because this is the point where eternity, you know, so when does eternity start? Uh, as soon as you make that decision for Christ. Yeah. So, uh, you know, our, that relationship can begin today. Those that wait, that put it off, that continue to push forward into thinking that maybe, you know, they'll have their deathbed conversion. And I hope so. I hope, right. I, you know, everybody has a deathbed conversion. Yeah. But in a blink, you know, in a twinkling of an eye, you can you right. can die. Obviously, you yeah. can it can be over. Um, I think about you know just just what we've seen in the in, in our natural um, uh, experience. The quarter the young quarterback that was crossing a road and he was yeah. struck by. How much time did he have? You right. know, and I, and I heard he was a follower of Christ. So right. and that's and that's good. But what if he wasn't? Yeah. How, I mean, your life is over in an instance. You don't get the deathbed experience, yeah. and you don't. The Bible doesn't show that. You get yeah. to go back and get a do-over. You know, yeah. there's no reincarnation. There's right. no right. do-overs once you get to heaven. No, no there's second chance. there's just the appearance before God. And so again, it just uh, uh, re uh, it shows us that this portion of time that we have right now today yeah. is just so important because tomorrow's not promised. Not even tomorrow. No, is promised for any of our lives. Okay, we talked in detail about what happens to the believer when they die. What happens to the unbeliever? Yeah, when they die. So. We, we talk about why was hell created, and God says that hell was created for the devil and his angels. So again, here's a cosmic God, a God that lives for or has lived through eternity, right. and he's making judgments on things that have happened probably way before any of our times. Right. And he has designed, when, when the Bible talks, and in Isaiah it tells about Satan falling and God you know, judging him. Yeah. And then, of course, in Revelation, it's going to talk about him then being cast into the lake of fire with the false prophet and all those, you know, right. the Antichrist, all those things. Those, Folks, yeah, um, but they were they were destined for hell, right? So I don't think hell was ever created for us, right? But it does become the place that yeah. was formed for those that were then spend eternity outside of God's presence. Yeah, that's every that's angel, right. human, you know, all of them. Yeah, and so that's what had, they go to hell again. Yeah. We talked yeah. a little bit about it. Yeah, you know, you know how bad can that be? Right. It's the worst thing yeah, ever. Yeah, because it's, it's yeah. without God. It's described as the worst thing. What did C.S. Lewis say about hell? Oh, he said, yeah, he C.S. Lewis said if there was one doctrine that he could just get rid of, yeah, it would be the doctrine of hell. He yeah. said, but it has the full support and weight of the scriptures yeah. and Jesus Himself. Yeah, because they talk about it over. Jesus and over talks again. about it over and over. So it'd be again. really great if we could just rewrite the Bible. And you right. know, some people have tried. They've said, "No, I'm only going to listen to the words in red." But that puts you in a you know, it it, it limits itself to a whole lot less yeah. of the yeah. book. Yeah. But Jesus talks again about hell. There's you know, a he, lot he says, about hell in the yeah. red. Yeah. 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 Because we're referring to the red letter edition in our yeah. generation. Right. Exactly. People may not pick up the reference now, but. In our Bibles, when we were in, in, in students, all of the words of Jesus were in red, and there's a lot of mention of hell yeah. in the words in red because yeah, Jesus, Jesus said, talked about it. He said, "Unless you repent, yeah. you too will perish." Right, and that's that everlasting right. death. Now you know. Let's let's wrap it up. Uh, we're almost done, uh, but let's talk about this movement of universalism. It's really predominant, even evangelical circles. A lot of our mainline leaders are embracing that everybody's going to be saved. Yeah. Is that good teaching or is that heresy? Yeah, you can't find it in the Bible. Yeah. It, you know, and it is it is heresy. Heresy yeah. means the lesser, the lesser view, the you know, yeah. the minority view in the sense. And yet, again, people trying to reconcile an almighty God. I I, I read an interesting um little story about sin and sinning against God. Yeah. Because that's where people think, well, if I'm a finite person, how much sin can I really, really do? Yeah. Right? How much sin can I really accomplish? But they don't understand the ramifications of hell. Uh, I may be a finite person, and may you know, in one second, I you know, pull a gun out and shoot somebody. But I don't understand the ripple effects that that would have had on that fa- on that yeah. person, on the family, you know, on everything around them. Mm-hmm. It's the same way of sinning against God. We do not understand the ramifications of sinning. So if we saw somebody on a park bench pulling the uh, the legs off of a grasshopper, yeah. we would think. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah, right. That's immoral. Then, if you saw the same guy pulling the legs off of a frog, you'd think, "Oh, that is just so gross." Right. Now you see a guy on the bench with a puppy. Yeah. And you're thinking, "Okay, I need to call the authorities." This is criminal. This is, yeah. Yeah. Now, if you think it's a baby that he's pulling the legs off, yeah. you now would do is, everything you could to put yourself yeah. in, you know, to save right. that baby's life. Now, if you take an Almighty God right. who existed from 
and you're sinning against him. You're right. trying to pull his legs off. Yeah. How how big how how lasting is that? Point and so so God says, yeah, sin. You we can't understand it because we try right. to belittle our sin. We try right. to say it's just a little bit of stuff. Everybody does it. God doesn't do it. Yeah. And so that sin means something. Yeah. And God has determined that the price of sinning against Him, which we all have done, is an eternal separation. Right. So hell is going is to come. Again, our culture doesn't like it. We make amends for it. People, theologians, they're trying to right. work in so everybody gets there. Right. But it's just not the reality of the scriptures. Yeah. It's not the reality of who God is. How could that just God then just allow everybody in? He, right. He just he won't do it. So yeah. the, everybody's going to die. Yeah. We're all going to be judged. There's a real heaven. There's a real hell. For unbelievers watching right now, how do you get to heaven? Yeah. D- Jesus showed us. You come unto him. He said in John 14, uh, I'm the way. I don't know why I'm getting emotional. But, yeah, uh, me So too. who was the preacher that said, you, can, you should not be able to preach on hell without tears? I know. Who was that? Was uh, that Spurgeon? Yeah. Or it was one of them says, I think it was Spurgeon. He says, God help me if I ever preach on heaven or hell without tears. I know, right. Uh, but Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and my life. Yeah. You come here by me. I am yeah. the way. You can you can get there through him. Right. Because he's done, you know, we, we're one day out of Easter. Yeah. Um. One day past Easter, right? We celebrated the resurrection. He he did all the hard work, yeah, so that we could have all the benefits, yeah. And if we will come to Him, uh, deny ourselves, choose Him. You yeah. know this. We talk about, and, and again, it's one of those words that's got a bad rap. Repentance, and, and preachers have formed it in the sense of you have to turn from your sin, yeah. But that's the byproduct of the word, yeah. The word always meant to be looked forward that we we turn. To Christ, when we right. repent, we turn to God. Now, the, again, the byproduct is we're turning away from sin, right. and we all need to do that. We all need right. to repent, turn away from sin. Right. But when you turn to Christ, when you say, "Okay, God, here I am, as, yeah. as flawed as I am, yeah, but I choose you. Yeah, come into my life, forgive me my sins. I, I want to have a relationship with you." Then everything that Christ did gets applied to our life. Yeah, it's through that simple prayer, that simple connection point, right. which is obviously usually through prayer, yeah. uh, whether it's uh, outward prayer, which we, we like to help people pray right. on a Sunday morning, especially right. at the end of a service right. when hearts are being touched and people are there to respond and people yeah. are there to make that decision. Of course you want to do a prayer, yeah. um, but it can happen in wherever people are sitting, wherever. in their own home. Anytime. Just a discussion with God. Yeah. Come into my life. Yeah. The Bible says in that moment, uh, Paul talks about where you become new creatures in Man. Christ. Yeah. Wow, this is such a beautiful, beautiful conversation, man. I just love the whole thought of eternal life with God. And especially if you are an unbeliever today, we want you to know that the hope of the gospel is for you. Jesus Christ came to the earth just for you. All sinners have an opportunity to have eternal life through Jesus Christ, not through your works, not through your religion, but by placing your faith in Jesus Christ as the only way to heaven. And the, the Bible's very clear yeah. that Jesus Christ is the only way to heaven. Right. And if you want to go to heaven and you want to miss the judgment and miss hell, then the only way is to become a follower of Jesus. And we want to encourage you to do that today. And uh, you can pray right where you are and ask God to forgive you of your sins and to give you eternal life through Jesus Christ. If you live locally, come visit us here at Journey. We want to help you in your journey of faith. Uh, If you don't live nearby, find a Bible-believing, Christ-honoring church and find a group of believers that you can do life with as you become a fully devoted follower of Jesus. So, Pastor Ken, thank you so much, man. I've enjoyed the conversation. Uh, We have a lot more resources at jf.church or download the Journey app. Go to your app store and type in Journey Fellowship Church in the search bar. Download our app. It's absolutely compliments of Journey. Load it with resources to help you in your faith and help you to get connected and become a fully devoted follower of Jesus. So thanks for joining us today. And thank you for joining us. This has been Stories I Didn't Tell Last Sunday. I'm Doug McAllister for Journey Fellowship Church, and we'll see you next time.